Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Brianna Seely, producer for Offscript Health. Welcome to Vax On. Before we get started today, I'd like to tell our listeners about another show in the Offscript Health podcast network. Beyond the Paper Gown. Beyond the Paper Gown is candid, credible, and curated. Listen in to learn how host Dr. Mitzi Crockover can inspire, empower, and inform women with the latest information about their health and healthcare choices. Check out the latest episode, an innovator spotlight on Rosie, the sexual health app, featuring Dr. Lindsay Harper, OBGYN, founder and CEO of Rosie an award-winning women's health technology company, or the Sexual Health Matters episode where Dr. Mitzi Crockover and Dr. Lindsay Harper talk about common complaints and treatment options for those with sexual health concerns. For more information, visit offscript.com shows. The link will be in our show notes. Enjoy the show. Hello, Allura. Hi, Matt. I don't know why I sounded like that. That's okay. It's like, um, today we are going to talk like this. <laughs> talk like this? Yes, talk like, talk, this. talk like this. I would like to partake of your pecan pie. <laughs> uh, waiter. Waiter. There is a pepper on my paprikash. Okay. <laughs> it's Vaxxon time. It is Vaxxon time. And guess what? I see a, a younger human. Hello, Cece. Hi. Cece Nanos. No, not Cece Nanos. No. That's nope. right, Cece Kish. <laughs> yeah. I keep, you know what? So I've known your mother for a trillion years, and I've known many friends from high school for a trillion years, and I never ever call them by their married names. It'll always be Alora Nanos. Just like you'll always be Cece Kish, even if you get married and change your name. So Cece decided to come for the ride with me today, and um, your brave soul. Hello, <laughs> Matt. You have she's any... very excited. I know. I could tell she's extremely excited. But like if ennui. I no. Had it, ennui. It's good. It's going to be great. <laughs> I told Cece she doesn't have to know anything. It's just all about reaction. Got it. So Wait, I have a COVID story. Oh no. So I made. I think I mentioned this last week with Stephanie. Yeah. But I thank you, Stephanie, for stepping in last thank week. Thank you, Stephanie. What did you get lazy? What happened? You, we were, but Booty Giuliani found his way back on no. your foot. Last week I was with my daughter on the swim trip. Ah, that's right. Yes, Cece, what did we do on the swim trip? Uh, we went uh, dolphin and whale watching. It was so fun. Wow. And then we ate seafood, and then we had ice cream, and it was like a day of eating and seafaring. All right, I mentioned last week on the show that uh, we officially decided to uh, stop staring into the void of one of our kitchen cabinets filled with uh, a trillion home COVID tests that uh. we've been aggregating. So my wife, Jess, took them to work and gave them to all the nurses at her job. Oh, that's and so then the day thoughtful. after they're gone, Kobe had a fever. Oh, you got rid of all of them? All of them. But who would do that? Why wouldn't you keep a few? I don't know. Did he have COVID? I think maybe Kobe packed them. <laughs> did you did did you get him tested or you didn't test him? Well, he had a fever, so we took him. We're like, oh shit, all the tests are gone. 
he was negative. But okay. like just the, the one day after we kind of donated all of them, he needed a test. So CC, we have four in the house now. Four. I, that seems okay. Cece, how many COVID tests do we have in our house? Too many. <laughs> we have like 200 of them. Like, right? two, yeah. like three figures of yes. COVID tests. It's not my fault, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so mean, anyway, anyway. My, my son is fine. But just the irony of like we got rid of a thousand tests in this drawer. We probably should have kept a few. You we did not. I can't believe your wife didn't make you keep some of them. I'm going to blame my son for packing it. It's kind of funny, actually. But yeah. thank he's better now. He's Well, he was never nothing was wrong with him. He just had a fever for like a day. OK, kids do that. Yes. I love when they do that. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you, kids. So, um, you know, uh, today on our show, I'd like to um talk about some terrible stuff. For a change. For a change. But but we are getting off the chapter of covid just for today because we have a new crisis afoot. Is it um, um, space cancer? Nope. It's not space cancer. It is not space cancer. Cece, do you know what it is? No. Oh, wait. <laughs> I thought you were asking about space cancer. <laughs> what is space cancer? I thought cancer? that was a real thing. Monkey pox. Monkey pox. It's not the James Webb telescope, is it? Either. No, but I've learned all about that this week. It was a, those, those photos are amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. I, I'm That's me pretending to care at all about space because I just <laughs> don't care about space. But um, monkey pox. Monkey pox. We were joking about this months ago. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, look, there's a thing going on. And but it's it's not like Ebola. It's not good. But it's not Ebola. But it's not good. But it's curable, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but it's not good. Okay. Okay. Cece, do you know anything about monkeypox? No. It's like chickenpox, but more zooish. She doesn't know about chickenpox. Do you know anything about chickenpox? No. Do you know that it's something that we all used to get when we were kids? I know that. Yeah. It's. Do you know anything about it? Like what it does to you? No. It would make you like itch. You look like a pepperoni pizza for a few weeks. It's gross. I know that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nothing gross. else. It's totally gross. So, and monkeypox sounds almost... Possibly worse, but definitely disgusting. It's very disgusting. Like if you get it, you get like sores all over your body. It's biblical. It's biblical. It's boils. It it sounds terrible. And we talked about it a couple of months ago, and it was like there were only a handful of cases in the U.S. And I remember both saying and feeling like, oh, don't worry, it's not going to really turn into anything more. And there's 1,800 cases in the U.S. now. I'm reading here that there were 9,200 cases of monkeypox across 63 countries. That's not good. I mean, out of 8 billion people, that's a fraction, but Yeah, but COVID started like that, too. Yeah, but, I mean, that was made in the lab with bats and- Matt, I don't like this. chips. I fully do not like this. Um, I mean, monkeypox, here's the thing. Monkeypox has been around since the 50s, Yeah, right? But it's never been this strong. So it sounds like what happened is that the, the virus mutated and now it's like a super virus, which is the same thing that happened with coronavirus, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And like- Corona classic. Now here, so so like that's what's happening. Like there's a lot of cases and it seems that they're most concentrated in Washington, D.C. is like that's the biggest hotspot. But it seems like New York City is not doing so well. How is it spread? It spread skin to skin contact. It's not respiratory. No. So it's like you would get it if somebody and it's like not any skin. Like if the person has like a sore on their skin and you touch that part of them. That sounds like an STD. Is it similar? Skin to skin? I, I think Open it, sores? We're going to talk about that after this segment in the less PG um, okay. <laughs> segment of the show. When your daughter leaves when the room? When my daughter leaves the room. But it's any skin to skin contact. It could be you could touch somebody's arm and and if 
their arm has an open sore, you could get it that way. Right. And I think that there is at least some evidence that if you have an open sore and then you touch an object, that another person could pick it up from touching so it's that surface object. to surface through sores. Yes, that's open what, wounds. So far, that's what we. I mean, if you're walking around with an open wound, you got bigger problems. I mean, I guess, but it's not necessary. I mean, if you have like a skin thing, you know, if you have like a skin rash or something. I guess so. That's true. I mean, I guess. Um, but I mean, you're talking about 1,800 people that got it that way that apparently were not deterred from touching one another, even though one person potentially had open sores. So I don't know. I just feel like that's really not a good thing. Are there any trends in how it's spreading? Is it like only in certain communities? Before we even get into the statistics and like what's happening and what should we do about it, um, my question is, do you think that that we're going to go back to everybody being locked in their houses again because of monkeypox? I hope not. Yeah, I hope Just not. Just the too. fact that it's not respiratory alone is it's easy to avoid. I would just think, don't touch people, which I do every day. Right. That's true. Like, so avoid so, humans. We're going to have the way I live my life. We're going to have a standing rule now. Right. And the rule is if you're going to touch anybody, make sure that you at least look at them to make sure that their skin is like totally clear. Does or that wear seem like, like a, or wear like a giant raincoat? Yeah. Or wear, right. Just you can and gloves and then you can hug them. Like and, you're cleaning the, the, the kitchen with bleach. Like just right. Like <laughs> wash up and like, I mean, that seems like it would be the right way to go. And the thing that's interesting, though, is that through history, since 1958, when it was first discovered, we've never had more than a couple hundred cases. And now we have 1,800 cases it, it, just in this country. I'm going to read this verbatim because I'm confused by the sentence. Scientists are not entirely sure why the disease is spreading this way, but early findings suggest it may have made its way into highly interconnected sexual networks within the MSM community, where it can spread in ways it cannot in the general population. Yep. What is MSM? Men sleeping with men. Ah. Yeah. I, I know this only because it's written there. I not was going to say, like, why do you know this? I've never heard that. Um, but I, that's probably because I just don't know abbreviations. I'm, I'm like. And yet you knew this abbreviation. I just because I read it. But I the first thing I thought of was mainstream media. And, then, right. I, and then I was like, maybe it's a multi-level marketing. Right. So I was like, <laughs> it's all bad. No, um, I, I don't know. There seems to be some indication that it's spreading a lot within the gay male community, but that's not the only way that it's spread. And that's not the only people that have to worry about it. So we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. But, you know, basically for our first story, I just want to say, like, this is a thing now. Now, is it going to become as big a thing as COVID? I sure hope not. Does it mean that it's time to be really, really alarmed? I, I don't think so. I don't think we should be out there trying to spread panic. But I will also say it doesn't sound like it's nothing. I just feel like this whole planet's done with anything that can kill us. I feel like, yes. I, I heard today that um, one of the reasons why viruses are getting so strong is because of climate change, which I didn't know. And did, they hate us. Did you know that? Yeah. You knew climate that. change is responsible for like everything for bad everything. happening. Cease, did you know that? That viruses get extra bad right now because of climate change? No. Yeah. I, so I did not know that. I did not know that. So what what are, should we do stuff about climate change? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um Thank you, Joe Manchin. Go yeah. fuck yourself. All right. So Cece, are you concerned about monkeypox? I'm not like worried, but like I feel like something bad might happen if like we just like let this fly around. Okay. Are you more concerned about 
band practice? Probably. There you go. Priorities. <laughs> All right. And with that, I will show Cece her way out the door. It Thanks is for... time for the inappropriate language to begin. Thank you, Cece. Thank you, Cece. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. All right. On that bright note to start the show, Elora, thank you very much. We are moving into even more shenanigans yeah, in monkeypox. More monkeypox. So this is all monkeypox all the time. Okay. Now, here's the thing, though, that's really interesting to me and confusing. So the D.C. mayor, Muriel Bowser, said that officials are working to administer a vaccine quickly. Wait, there is a vaccine for monkeypox? That was what I said first. I was like, wait. We have a vaccine already. Like, that's not what was the case with COVID. So, well, monkeypox, you said, was been around for like 80 years. Yes. So here's my question. And and maybe you know the answer because I do not know the answer. To I already this. don't know the answer. So monkeypox has been around, but like no one's ever had it. Like, I mean, people have had it, but very few people have had it. Right. So it's not a treatment drug. It's a vaccine that stops people from getting monkeypox. Right. Like chickenpox. Do we even know? Well, I thought about that. But no, it's not like we've all gotten vaccinated against monkeypox. Right. So this is a vaccine. Because pox is a word we know in society. There's smallpox, there's yes. chicken pox. So I, and my understanding is that the monkeypox vaccine is some kind of derivative of a smallpox vaccine. Okay, that makes sense. But yes, it sort of does. But here's the part that I don't understand. So a problem that we're having now is that while we do have a monkeypox vaccine, there isn't enough of it being manufactured for everyone to just like get it, right? Right. Um, Because... It's never been manufactured in large supply because monkeypox has never been a problem in in high numbers. Right. We're not quite in high numbers, though, yet. No, right? no. But here's my question. What has the vaccine been doing? There's like a few thousand doses. Right. So I'm trying to understand there are vaccines out there for contagious viruses. What is being done with them? They're in a lab. They just like live in a lab in case someday we need them. Is that what happens? There's like a Kmart storefront somewhere that represents like the NSA seed bank of viruses. They're just sitting in there waiting to be used. Like, is that, that what happens? I made that up. <laughs> because that is, that is I, not I, fact. I legitimately don't like, is it like once in a while some doctor is like, hey, Joe, you seem like you're particularly at risk for monkeypox. Call up the pharmacy and get a vaccine. Like, I don't understand what is happening with vaccines that no one is taking because it would be different if it was a treatment for the illness, but it's not. It's a vaccine to stop you from getting it. In the so, first place, or if you have it, it goes away. No, a vaccine would mean that you don't get it, right? Isn't that the whole idea of a vaccine? You I wouldn't mean, call it a vaccine then. You but would... I mean, vaccines to me, I mean, looking at COVID, vaccines used to make sure you never got it ever again, but COVID out outsmarts the vaccine. Yeah, but it's like a preventative is what I mean. Right. Like vaccine is a preventative measure. It's not a treatment measure. No, but if you get the chickenpox vaccine, you never get chickenpox. Yeah. So I think it, it smallpox is. Smallpox is right. you never get smallpox. But I think you never get smallpox because smallpox has been eradicated, not because the vaccine stops you from everything. No, but the smallpox vaccination thing and the, you know, our parents have that dot on their arm when they got jabbed in the inoculation. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But then they just never got it. We're, I think we're at a place now where I'm confused about how do we define what a vaccine is if it doesn't guarantee you never get it. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't understand any of this about how it works. And I feel like I need to know. And Fauci's retiring. Come on, we can't. That's it. Fauci's retiring? Yeah, 2025. Oh, for God's sakes. And then who's going to be the new monkey He's box like guy? He's 89 or 90. I know, he needs a rest. The he needs guy. a rest. So, so here's the situation, right? So DC expects to get like 4,000 more doses next week. They've already gotten 8,000 doses. And, and here's what's going on. They're, the vaccine doses are specifically being given 
to the LGBTQ community. Okay, and the reason why is because a large percentage of monkeypox cases that have been reported are being reported by gay men. Okay, so there is some indication that that community is not that they're especially susceptible necessarily, but that they're the ones that are getting it right now. And maybe it's because of their behavior. Maybe it's because it's extra transmissible during sex. I don't know. But that is the community that seems to be representing the highest numbers of people who currently have monkeypox. I mean, I'm reading here. I don't care whether you're gay or straight. If you have lesions on your penis, don't <laughs> don't fuck anything. Like, what are people doing? Like, I do not understand. Like, just as a rule of thumb. Because like, that's what it's saying. It's saying that that's that that's the symptom. If you're living right? your life and you're, you're you have a penis and you're staring down at yourself and there's blood there, <laughs> yes, like that, don't put that in anyone. Right. Or anything, honestly. Right. Stay home. Go to bed. <laughs> right. Go to a doctor and then go to bed. And you're you're exactly right. And I and for whatever reason, this, you know, the gay community and it's the gay male community seems to be suffering the worst effects right now of monkeypox. So they should call this penis lesion pox and then people will start to pay attention that to might, it. I, you know, you're actually very right and very much on target for what we're talking about, which is the messaging here um, can be really a two edged sword. Right. And, um, you know, so so there is a debate here within the kind of the the medical community and the broader community about does this make sense to prioritize the group that seems to be most contracting the the virus without seeming like you're targeting well but not not so much i mean that's one issue right but i sort of feel like look if one community needs the help the most then we should give it to them right but the bigger issue is is that going to actually cause a worse problem down the line because there's nothing about this that indicates that it has to do with being gay. In other words, it's just that it just happens that these are the people that are contracting it right now. But anyone could contract it from skin to skin contact. So you don't want other people who are not gay to feel like, oh, it doesn't matter what we do. We'll never get it. Because if you do that in a couple of weeks, everybody's going to have it. This does have a lot of echo to HIV. It certainly does. Which I'm sure will make people uncomfortable to even bring that back up as a narrative. That's true. And, and But if you think about it in terms of HIV, right? So we know that during the HIV crisis, I, I mean, an HIV is still a crisis, but we know that in early days, it was a major misstep for the messaging to be about gay men right. only because then there was all this blame and shame and it was just it, it resulted in all sorts of bad stuff for the gay community, which is not ever what we would want to do. Um, at the same time, I'm sure if there had been a vaccine to prevent people from getting HIV, if it was given first to the gay community and then to everyone else, I don't know that that would have necessarily been a problem. But I think that that it's it's kind of, um, you know, we'll talk more in the next segment even about messaging that it's hard to know what the right messaging is here because you don't want to ostracize anyone. You don't want to blame anyone. But at the same time, you want the accurate information to get out there. And you, of course, want people who are most at risk to get the help from whatever medication is helpful. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. And we're back. Still talking about monkeypox. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's funny, not funny. That here's yet another thing that do we need to be afraid of it? It's very different, but we're off the heels of this PTSD of COVID, which is still lingering in the ether. And I think that on one hand, you could say it's PTSD from COVID. On the other hand, you could say, like, maybe we've learned something. COVID also started with only a small group of people. It also was exacerbated by people thinking, oh, it's only in China. Oh, it's only in Italy. Democratic hoax. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to worry about it. It's not real. And then if we had been, you know, more careful in some ways in the beginning, maybe it would have helped more. Who knows? Right. So it's very difficult for me to believe, like, oh, we can just we can just not worry about this. I mean, yes, 1,800 people is not a zillion people, but I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And and I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm just trying to say, you know, we should at least attempt to learn something. I mean, this is also a message about like uh, responsible sexual behavior. Just like an STD to anyone on the planet. Don't, don't fuck with a bloody penis. I mean, there's that, right? Right. And, and, and I'll tell you, that brings us into really what, um, New York City has said the New York City Health Department put out a message that suggested um, that having sex while while you have monkeypox could be made safer if you avoided kissing and you covered your sores. Which that's just I can't process that sentence. No, it's like weird to me. But I guess they felt that if they just told people not to have sex at all, that that sort of wouldn't work. Nothing ever works. Yeah. And. The bigger point that one of our producers brought up to me earlier was, why are we even talking about sex? Doing that gives people the false impression that it's only a, an STI. Right. And that that if you just touch people in a non-sexual way, that's perfectly safe. And no. And it's not perfectly safe. So it's not so much about sex as it is about touching. And, and my response to that is, well, sex is a subset of all touching, yes. right? So not all touching is going to be the kind of touching that would lead to monkeypox, but it's all sort of risky behavior right now. Just like with COVID, all breathing close would be risky right. behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you message, it's only sex. It's only gay sex. It, it's only... Doesn't work. It doesn't work perfectly. No, but the message doesn't have to be targeted to the people it's being targeted to. It could be generic public health messaging that's enforced to the communities that we know the hotspots or the heat maps are in. I mean, I guess so. But the thing is, it, what's interesting to me is to consider, well, 
if you message, if you really, you know, hit that message hard within a smaller community, right? And because you say, well, this community is experiencing the worst effects of monkeypox. So we really need to make sure that we reach that community. If you're doing that to the exclusion of the rest of the population, are we just deferring the problem? Because in a few weeks or a few months, the rest of the population who thought they were safe and they thought they could go about their business, have they now made it worse? Like, does it serve us to really communicate, hey, it's worse in this community? Or does it serve society better? to make the message much more broad. And I don't know the answer to that because maybe it's better to say, hey, look, 90% of the people who have been diagnosed with monkeypox and who have self-reported are men who have slept with men. So that's like an important data point. But is it counterproductive to really hit that data point hard when everyone in the population is equally at risk? Well, this went back to how they the national wash your hands for 20 seconds when COVID was like pre-vaccines. Right. The least everyone could do as a group when we had no answers is if everyone maintained a certain standard of hygiene. That regardless it was helpful. of where the clusters were happening right. in diagnosis and hospitalization. And regardless of the fact that a diagnosis was worse for someone who was elderly or had a pre-existing right. health Let's condition. all not have sex with bloody organs. <laughs> That's a good, that That's is certainly a good That's a public health start. message worth listening to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would certainly say so. And I'll, I'll say this, like one thing that I would say is a takeaway from the pandemic is to me, the most positive change and the most positive behavior came from the message, we're all in this together. Right. It made it more bearable. Except you and you and you <laughs> and you. Exactly. But I think to the extent that that message, we're all in it together, was was sent out it and received by it, and two rece- thirds of the country about by about two thirds of the country but i think it was a good thing yeah. overall i think it made people feel better i think it helped mental health and i think it helped health standards nationwide yes it was a perfect absolutely not did it help i think it did sure um it was better than nothing i think it was better than nothing and i think it was an important part of the message that we are all in it together yes so i feel like looking back now now we have another public health issue don't we want to do the same thing and say we are all equally in this together? We all have to do something. And you can phrase the thing that we have to do as we all need to look at our skin daily. We all need to make sure we don't touch anyone who has a skin issue or when we have a skin issue. Right. I mean, that seems like the right place to start. Don't be bloody. I mean, don't be. Don't There's have public health. Hashtag don't be bloody. But, you know, it's funny, like we joke about it, but. um you know, I'm around a, a pool all the time. I'm around a neighborhood right. pool. And there are plenty of people going swimming all the time with all kinds of skin. You got to hope that chlorine does its job. <laughs> right. But I mean, people really are in the summertime walking around all the time with who's got poison ivy and who's got a cut here. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not crazy to say that people are living their lives even with broken skin and right. even with skin stuff. So, I mean, me, maybe that's the place to start to to really hit the message. Do not touch anyone if you or they have something going on on their skin. Well, the, the the teachable moment from history is when the perception is that HIV was only in the gay community and it wound up being like more than half of diagnoses in the early 2000s were in the straight community. Right, right. And I think that I think that that probably is an example of the messaging trying to target people who are at risk and creating complacency in people who perceived themselves as not so much at risk. Right. Like, do you remember, I don't know if you remember, there was an after-school special when we were maybe in middle school 
And it was about not the day after with the nuclear holocaust. No, God, no. That was terrible. It was this. It was still the, scarred like fifty years I'm later. I'm scarred from this one. Yeah. It was this HIV one, and it was it was a true story about a young woman who was not promiscuous. She was straight. Um, and she was not a drug user or anything. And she, and she contracted. Fell, fell into a vat of HIV. <laughs> you know, she like, you know, she had sex with one person right. and and developed HIV. And I remember it being a very sobering story because it was like the story of even though you thought you might be safe, you're not safe. And I remember it really vividly. Be, uh, not vividly enough to tell you the name of the show, but, <laughs> but vividly enough to be scarred by it to four be years like later. scarred by it, yeah. And I and I remember being like, oh my god, I have to be afraid too, and um, and it was kind of like the secondary messaging, and but I think had everyone just started out like, listen, we all have to be really careful. It might have been better, I guess. So I mean, what what do we do now? There's the messaging aspect of monkeypox, but then there's also this vaccine shortage and somebody's got to get the vaccine. Somebody's got to be first in line for the vaccine. Right. So do we give the gay community the first the first chance at the vaccine? I mean, this echoes COVID, right? We want to protect the elderly and the immunocompromised. We want to make sure that that population but, has like remember they they tiered. Yeah. The uh, vaccine. But it was registrations. Yes, but it was based on. The risk of what would happen to you if you got COVID, right. which made sense to me. This time, they're prioritizing the gay community, not because it would be more dangerous for them to get monkeypox, but rather because they seem more at risk for catching it. Right. And that seems different than what we did with COVID. I still think it's about prioritizing the most vulnerable, whatever that metaphor means. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. And, and I think it's sort of a... a definitional thing of like what does it mean to be vulnerable is that the, a word definitional i think it is you're a lawyer you can make it sure it's definitely it's yes i object i <laughs> it's post ergo hoc yes um so you know, yeah. dear you on the definition exactly of yeah. exactly i'm gonna give you a peremptory challenge yes fantastic um but i mean so i don't know does vulnerable mean that you're more likely to die if you get it or does it mean you're more likely to contract it well, in the first place what is the mortality rate of monkeypox. I think it's very low. There. All right. So if it's not an imminent death threat, it's going to have the same level of, eh, I'll be fine from some people and other people like, I'm terrified. Let me do everything I can to not get this. Or if I get it, to get it out of me as quickly as possible. I would like to make a prediction. Good. Uh, you heard it here first. On Let's Vaxon. pick the states where more people will be. <laughs> I know, this. this is my prediction. My prediction is that people will take monkeypox more seriously in the early stages than they took COVID, even though it's oh, not as serious. I'm I'm so interrupting you for the right reasons. Tell me. So my wife works at a school with a bunch of people that across the bell curve of tolerance of vaccines, there are many who are like, they will never do it. It'll never happen. They don't trust the government. They hear about monkeypox first in line yep. when it's there. Yeah. I, I know it. I knew that that would be the case. Now, I will say the monkeypox vaccine that we know of is a traditional vaccine, it, the like live virus type, not an right. mRNA Old vaccine. school vaccine. But I don't think that's why. I think, and this is a hypothesis. It's the name. Well, I'm sure, right, because they've heard of pox. Yes. Like, and that's one thing. Could have called it the corona pox virus. I think, though, it, that it's because you can see it. Yes, it's physical. I think that when you see something, sores, especially sores, because it seems like chicken pox. It's biblical. Yeah, it's right. And I think it scares the shit out of people when you can see like lesions on someone. 
And I think, I don't want that. Yeah. Whereas like COVID, even in its worst states, typically like looked still just like a cold or a fever. It didn't yeah. look like anything crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think people are more inclined to be frightened of stuff that you see on your face, even which is why I'm sure in all of the pandemic movies, that's always the symptom, right? It's always right. like you're the, melting. Like remember in um, Outbreak? The sores on people's faces was like terrifying. Or contagion. Gwyneth Paltrow was literally like the guy in uh, in uh, Indiana Jones melting at the end with yeah, the arc. Right. And it's like all in, because of the the makeup people in uh, in Hollywood. But it's like that's our go to image right. for something that's really terrible. It's zombie-ish. Right, right. Zombie-ish. And I think that I think that people will be more frightened, not because of the numbers, but because of the potential for having outward signs of this virus. Right. So um, I they mean, don't want to look sick. They don't want to look sick. And because looking sick, like, you know, equates more with, you know, death to people, even though this is typically right. not fatal. So I don't know. I think. But it's funny you said that because it triggered what Jess told me like two nights yeah, ago. I'm not surprised at like, all. Don't get me anywhere near that. Uh, that Bill Gates pill vaccination thing. But monkeypox. Shoot me up. I-, I wonder also if it's because of the name that it almost sounds dangerous, exotic. Like, it sounds so basic, like monkeypox. Like, we had chicken pox, now we have monkeypox. It sounds, like, more familiar, almost. I don't know. I, to me, it sounds way more, like, I don't know, way more, like, extinction-level event. That, like You think so? Ebola, monkeypox. Like, chicken pox, like, we eat chicken. We don't eat monkeys. <laughs> oh, because monkeys, like, in and of themselves are scary. Monkeys are, are gross. And, you know, they're, what are they? And so says uh, David Schwimmer. Yes, Marcel. <laughs> uh who was the monkey in Outbreak? I know. Yes. I know. I learned that from the Friends reunion. I couldn't believe it. Yes. I was like. He hated the monkey. I know he hated the monkey, yeah. but he was a spectacular actor. Yeah. Because I thought he loved that monkey. I loved the monkey even. <laughs> I go on vacation all the time and they always, there's people walking up the beach that want me to hold a monkey. And I'm like, what? that's not sweetening the deal. Like I'm, I'm from the city. Interested in ever going near a monkey outside of <laughs> observing it in some kind of controlled situation. Yeah, yeah, I like to watch them swing. That's kind of I don't want to touch them at all. No. no. Okay. Monkeys are not gonna be my friend. I think that's our um like city kid oh, bond that's right our there. Urban urban uh urban moat. I don't understand people that want me to touch wildlife. <laughs> I don't. Like you walk along the beach in the Caribbean, there are they have all kinds of freaking animals. I have a snake. No, They're, no snake for me. They Thank want you. me to pay them so I could touch an iguana. I'm like, why I'll pay you to you touch an iguana. I like, had an iguana growing up. Oh, gross. They were really gross and smelled, but like they, they smelled? Were, well, if you didn't clean them. Do you have to clean it? Like bathe it? Yeah, you have to wash it and No. Like like any animal in a terrarium, you gotta clean it. They're not self-cleaning? Guess what? Animals shit. Did you know that? No, I, are you telling me iguanas are not self-cleaning? Iguanas are not self-cleaning. I thought all reptiles they were molt, self-cleaning. But the poop is still there. <laughs> and their poop is like pigeon poop. It's like half white, half black. Oh, gross. It's like an Oreo cookie poop. Stop it. I've now but learned- if there was like iguana pox, <laughs> you- I wouldn't be as afraid of iguana pox as saying, but like monkey pox. Really? Something about monkey. It's yeah. a funny word, but it's a terrifying word. How like you- giraffe pox, fine. That's true, yeah. I'm fine with giraffe pox. How about pox. like capybara pox? I don't know. Like dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus rex pox. Yeah, monkey pox is like- But monkey has the right alliteratives. It's onomatopoetic. We're familiar with it. The monkey suits. Monkey is a part of our own language, right? But monkeypox just sounds particularly deadly. <laughs> I love that. I love that take on it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just put yourself in like a movie trailer. In a world <laughs> with chicken pox versus in a world with monkeypox. 
Which one sounds scarier? <laughs> no, you're right. Monkeypox does. I, I blame the outbreak monkey. Yeah. I mean, you know, to me, monkeys are always going to be this good because it's like I still remember that kid right. with the outside thing. And she was <laughs> the picture with the monkey on the refrigerator. Like yeah. it was a whole disaster. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. I'm all with right. you. Well, we're at time. Okay. But this was an exciting kind of like a, a deviation. Yeah. If you would from Vaxxon. Yeah. So it's uh, monkey pox. We're pox st- on. We're still Vaxxon. Pox on. For- <laughs> Please let this episode of Pox on a Pox on your house. (laughs) I hope that when we return next week, I'm not here to report in that the numbers have like quadrupled. Um, Is that a word? Quadrupled? That is a word. (laughs) I I said quadrupled. Quadrupled? You could quadruple. (laughs) I'll allow quadruple in the court. All right. Um, I I really hope not. I hope that that I report in to say like, guess what? Remember we were worried about monkeypox? Not an issue anymore. It's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. And let's send out the good vibes. Okay. Until then, if you're dick has leashes, (laughs) leave it in your pants. If you're a bloody dick, don't fuck anything. There you go. Lesson learned. Yes. All right. We'll see you back here next week. Ilura, I love you. Thank you. Love you, Matt. See you soon. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.